I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to Loose Units Origins, the weekly spin-off podcast that just won't quit. Dad, this spin-off show was your idea and we are now in the 50s. I mean, we've now done... You know, like I think 56, 57, 58, I should know that number. We've done a lot of these spin-off episodes. Can, can I ask you a brutally honest question? Far away, Paul. Okay. Do you prefer the regular loose units or do you prefer loose ends? I love them both in their own special way. Ah. It's, like, it's like having children. I've, I don't believe you should have favourites. I think you should love your children equally. Should. So if you've got... Well, if you've got three children, <laughs> that's 33 and a third repeater percent yeah, per okay. child. So percentage-wise, okay. it's far simpler just to have two because then you get an even split, right? No, it doesn't matter. You can have 10 and each yeah. one gets 10%. Really? Or 100%. 100% each love. is... Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> imagine you, if you... Imagine love, if you... Is, <laughs> love is indivisible. Well... I mean, I mean my t- point being that we love the three of you kids equally. Yeah, but the, the, in terms of the podcasts, first of all, let's say I'm trying to figure out if you have a favorite. And I mean, here's the thing: I think they are like different hats. You wear them. At I agree. Right? I love them. I look, mate. I I just I don't listen to a lot of podcasts. Um, I've been tempted to, but I don't want to kind of sully the water, so to speak. Yeah. My yeah. point being that we have something uh, that I think is. Relatively unique. I don't think there are too many father and son uh, shows. Should we call it a show? Well, yeah, father and son true crime yeah. comedy in the world talk shows. Yeah, yeah. And you you may recall that little event um, in Brisbane with a touch of facetiousness, calling it little because it was massive. Mm. There's a reason that you and I were chosen. We've been going a long time. We're no flash in the pan podcast, are we? No, I'm trying to figure out how many. I- if anyone has any idea of how many actual hours we've done in in this show, I'd be very curious because, I mean, Dad, I, I've been in the entertainment industry for years before this show started, and I now strongly suspect that basically everything I, I've done has been eclipsed in terms of audience numbers and revenue and critical acclaim by this show and by the books i think honestly loose units has become kind of the the biggest thing hmm. um and well, I, I love it I, I i don't like to sound melodramatic and and i know that is one of i am predisposed to being um i'm very excitable a little bit <laughs> um i'm very passionate uh-huh i don't i'm i cannot do anything by halves 
Mm. I just can't. From the second I wake up, my brain goes into overdrive. I pity mum. It sounds exhausting. Yep. And she uh, likes to sit on the lounge and read. Yeah. And she peers. She sort of lowers her glasses and looks at me and she says to me, and, and it's not a question, it's a statement. She says, you're bored, aren't you? And the answer is clearly yes. So I'm one of these people that when I'm incredibly busy, and, and I like to test my mental prowess out, I don't keep a diary. Um, I rely on my limited mental resource, i.e. my brain. And I, when I'm incredibly busy, and, and trust me, Paul, I am running a few businesses and doing this. And my life is and it's, I'm on, I'm wired seven days a week. Um, if there were eight days or nine days in a week, I'd be working that number of days. I work pretty well all weekends as well because a lot of my clients, in terms of mainly the antique business, the only time they're home is on the weekends. So um, I'm just trying to think if there's a point to all this. That's right. So when I'm incredibly busy, I actually dream and fantasize about doing nothing. And then when I'm doing nothing, I'm ready to go, get back on the horse. Sure. And um, But what is the point of that? No, but that's how I am. It's, you know how they say that the grass is greener on the other side? Well, sometimes it is and sometimes it isn't. How's that? Does that make sense? I, well, I feel like we've got a real Abe Simpson, you know, I used to hang an onion on my belt moment going on here. So what I'm going to do is... Pivot to something that you said to me. You said, okay, Paul, make sure you ask me uh, about someone that got in contact with me this week. And Because usually I like to be kind of kept abreast of what is actually happening. Uh, if you've got a story, I like to have a bit of prep time so I can kind of basically just go yes or no. Is that is that appropriate? Is it relevant? Is it fun? Is it going to be easy or hard to kind of put into the show? And you said, Paul, just trust me. It's really good stuff. So I'm really excited to hear what your story is. Now, someone reached out to you. That is cryptic. Can mm. we ask can I can we ask who reached out to you? Well, can I just preface this by saying the fact that you're excited mm. makes me excited. Good. So I'm excited that you're excited. Great. And I understand, Paul, and I'm gonna make specific reference to all the listeners all over this spherical planet. Great. Flying out in the cosmos. Yep. At a, at a staggering speed, might I add. Um, so, I'm, I'm, I'm focusing. Oh, no, no, sake. it's really important, Paul. Listen, Carl I want, Sagan, the, just... I want the listeners to understand that it's yeah. my point being, Paul, uh-huh. that you are taking a massive leap of faith, and I appreciate that. <laughs> yes, that is because true. Because normally you never, ever let me say things. Although when we're live on stage, it's pretty exciting because I actually... You can't just reach over and put a piece of masking tape over my mouth. And I'm sure sometimes you've considered doing that. But, you know, uh, thank you very much for letting me say what I'm about to say. Thank you for answering a simple question with a four-minute preamble. I really Paul, I, I can't help it. It's just to crawl inside my mind is... Fucking scary. You know okay? what's funny is I, I could I could cut this entire thing. I just want people to witness what I do every week. Oh, 
Paul, you're really sweet. I love some you weeks, much. No, some weeks you do this, you will do a beautiful, winding, largely pointless, but earnest setup, and then the story starts, and I just drag my mouse across the way. Paul, don't, do not say that to me. <laughs> that is sacrilege. My no, words are golden. <laughs> no, Dad, here's the thing. So, like, I, I believe in all killer, no filler, right? Uh, and I think that you are, your stories are great. But sometimes I just enjoy... You know, I mean, because if people are doing a commute and the story starts as they're getting off the train, because yeah, I just you know I'm just aware of that stuff. But <laughs> it, honestly, it, yeah, I, but- loose loose ends is meant to be a, a a real unvarnished look at us, and I think as a result, I'm going to keep all of this in because you know, I mean, it, it, okay, something I noticed that is that people, and I said this on stage at the Acast event, people feel like they know us, and the reason they do is because. They have heard us talk openly and honestly and in a fairly unfiltered format for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of hours. They probably know us better than some people we are friends with in real life because, let's face it, our friends don't let us just sit down and talk at them for hours at a time. Um, So I think it's important that people hear a kind of unfiltered version of the show. That's why I'm keeping this in. With that in mind, oh my god, how many minutes has this been going for? This is uh, mm. nine, about nine minutes with with no stories. So, Dad, if you would please uh, begin the first story of this episode of Loose Ends. Mm. <clears throat> well, there was an incident, um, and I'm not sure where it is, Paul, in terms of what book it's in or whether it's been a previous podcast. Um, but it's the story about one night I was working at Mossman. Yeah, with a with a Fucking great guy. He was senior to me. Really, really good. And I, I've got a feeling there's a chapter perhaps about this story. But it was it's the night that we went to a signal one in French's Forest. Is that ringing any bells? Signal one. What does that mean? Is that, oh, is that um, officer in trouble? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, is it ringing any bells? Um, yes, it is. It is ringing some bells. I know mm. that listen, listeners have a really keen ear for this mm. stuff. Mm. So on that fateful night, hot summer's night, yeah. picture this, massive party on the northern mm-hmm. beaches. When I say big party, I'm talking well over, oh, I guess, between one and 200 people, uh-huh. um, all um, you know, mid to late teens and some early 20s in a, in a relatively uh, respectable, if you can say that. I don't think you can say that about any suburb these days. Um, there's a dark side to, to every suburb in this country. Um, so, what happens, there's a police officer working at French's Forest Police Station, which, funnily enough, is across the road from the party. So, he starts getting calls from neighbours. It's clearly out of control. Yeah. And he's working, he's the only police officer in the station. He does something on that fateful night that is incomprehensible um, if you look at it from sort of above and think, wow, that's pretty amazing in that he grabbed a radio. Uh, he didn't tell anyone. He left the station unattended. Wow. Just think about that. And he went across the road and he walked. So imagine one police officer going into a party that's mm-hmm. clearly out of control and... He asks them, could they please tone it down? 
Well, the reaction was to get around him some of the more wild people and they decided to, to bash him. And as they were bashing him and beating the shit out of him, he managed to call a signal one. And in that fateful moment, and it was fairly crackly as it came across, all police on that frequency, which is basically the, the entire... I mean, it's, it covers a massive, massive area. And, you know, sometimes at VKG they used to combine districts. So but what do you what do you say when you're doing a signal one when you're reporting it? Like, do you say officer you say, trouble? You, no, you just say you give your call sign. Yeah, and you say signal one and the location. Okay, you have to be very very concise. Yeah, yeah. You know, you don't fuck around. You don't explain to to them what's happening to you, and yeah. you don't call a signal one unless you're in imminent danger uh, of the most horrendous level where potentially you could get killed i've only ever heard a few signal ones and it's the sort of thing you don't want to hear yeah and it really is very upsetting and what what vkg do is that they then have that system with the beeps you know how they put a normal job over no beep one beep sort of gets your attention to shit that's pretty pretty heavy and there are only to my knowledge back when i was in the police force in the 1980s there were only two incidents on the entire network that sort of you'd get three beeps. So imagine yeah. three, and you'd always be in the car listening or in the station because every station had a loudspeaker system. So you'd always hear. I mean, sometimes in Sydney and probably Melbourne, you'll see if you're, like we live near a pretty dynamic police station, i.e. Mm. King's Cross. Yeah. Sometimes you can just be strolling in the vicinity and you will actually see police charge, literally run and bolt out of the station en masse and plainclothes police as well hop into their respective cars, and, and off they go. Now, they've heard something on the, on the, spe- on the speaker system within the station. Mm-hmm. And I guess wherever you are in the station, if, you, in, if you're on the shit house, you know, you should be able to hear what's going down. So you hear the beep, you hear two beeps, and then in that terrible, terrible moment, if you hear three. Now, three beeps back in the 80s, only two things. An air, aircraft emergency... I mean, think about that. A major, major airport emergency. Something catastrophic is about to happen with a plane. Yeah. Or a signal one. They're the only two things that get um, the three beeps. And the three beeps came across. But the worst thing about this signal one is that you could actually hear the police officer basically going down. And Yeah, see, now it's at this, po- it's at this point I'm convinced that you have told this story before. But uh, why, why are you bringing this up now? Um, why why this story now? Mm. Well, last week, yeah. um, the police officer, officer that I was working with that night, um, he reached out to me. It was, I ended up calling him and I was, his name's Chris, that's his real name. Uh, that's fine to use his real name. And he was a great, great police officer. What I would describe as a great general duties police officer. The sort of guy or girl, but the sort of officer that you wanted to be with when the shit hit the fan. And um, he and I, um, he was the senior man on the, on the car. Yep. And we headed over to that suburb. And I know we have discussed various aspects of what happened that night. And, and so far, you know, there'll be listeners going, well, okay, yeah, we've heard this part of the story. And for those of you that haven't, you know, we, we basically drove at breakneck speed. Yeah. faster than you'd ever, ever drive to any other job. A signal one is is literally, 
you have to get there. And you're imagining what's happening to that poor police officer on the ground, basically having his head kicked in. And once they'd beaten the shit out of this police officer, they then threw him into a swimming pool. And so if he's unconscious, he's going to drown. And What is the... I don't mean to sound naive, but the actual... I mean, if you are at a party and you're beating the shit out of a cop and then you throw them in a pool and you're peripherally aware that they could drown, at which point you've killed the police officer... Like I, I, I do not see any version of reality in which they didn't intend to commit serious harm. You couldn't just laugh that off as a kind of boys will be boys bullshit, mm, right? I so, agree look, with you. Mm. Yeah, but you know, there's but the murder things that would be very, very difficult, very yes. difficult to prove. But definitely manslaughter. Mm. Um, and they they might say, look, he managed to get up and he just crawled and he just kind of was unsteady on his feet and he just fell into the pool. You know, and, and and in that situation, you're probably going to have witnesses that are all going to sort of corroborate each other. Right. Um, so, you know, there was a lot of uh, emotion. There were police cars coming in. There would have been, for a signal <coughs> one back then, there would have been maybe 40 police cars coming in. Are you um, sure? For, for, uh, look, I'm not... I mean, 40 seems like a lot. No, 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 mate. Pretty well every police officer within within, I reckon, within at least a 10 to 15K radius. That's a lot of police. Maybe 20K. Is- is it fair um, to say that um, Highway Patrol would want a piece of the action? Oh, every single police officer on... In fact, that particular station, yeah. Fre- French's Forest, it is a like a base station for Highway Patrol. Okay. So they would have all been out on the road. Yep. And, and they've got pursuit cars, and when they put their foot down, they move those cars. Yeah, okay. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort. So you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. 
For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. So what we wanted is, we wanted a massive police presence. But what happened was everyone at the party, they're shitting themselves. Mm. They, they are aware of something really bad. There would have been a lot of people at that party that were really decent people and, and, oh. and been horrified. Now, yeah, so, what, so just the, the version you told before is that you said that basically cops chased people into the street and Correct. just kind of went hog wild they on did. them. Yeah. And I raised the kind of moral quandary of, yeah, but what if, you know, what if like Anne was at a party like that and she kind of got scared and ran and then some cops kind of, you know, mm. yeah. Well, you're right, Paul, but, but look, you have to take into consideration the entire event. It's a hot summer's night. Police are, are basically risking their lives <clears throat> at a very, very high level in terms of the way they're driving. Mm -hmm. Um, And when they get to a scene, what they see is people running. And they think, shit, this is, you know, and and who's who's the offender? Why are they running? I mean, it's, it's, it it gets out of control. So what I would ask now, Dad, is what it, like, what's the new aspect to this story? Mm. Well, I I witnessed um, my, my colleague, um, you know, exercising summary justice, let's put it that way, at a fairly sort of intense level. <clears throat> and um, here's the crux of the story, Paul. He told me last mm. week that he was dragged before internal affairs, and I've been before internal affairs, and it's fucking horrific, mm-hmm. okay? And when he was being interrogated at internal affairs in the New South Wales Police Force back in the 80s over this event, mm. they said to him, they, they indicated, you know, what had I seen... And I'd seen everything. And they said, okay, so we're going to be bringing him in as a, you know, to, to, to interrogate, you know, Constable Verhoeven. And Chris said, sorry, he, he wasn't with me. He was by the car. He didn't see anything. He covered my fucking ass that night. Because but, if I... But the point being... Yeah, yeah. He did certain things that I saw, okay? And he saved me from going through the drama of being interrogated. Because if you're interrogated at internal affairs, Mm. uh, your future police career, I mean, worst case scenario is you get the sack. So instead of him putting me in a compromising situation where I had to, well, what would I have done? At internal affairs, I don't you, know because I didn't you, go. Yeah, you would either have had to say what you saw mm. or, or lie, lie about it. I just, I just need to pause here because it sounds like what you saw was a police officer assaulting somebody. Mm. Um, I did. Yep. I, I'm not super okay with that. No. Well, anyway, that was that was that was you know that was the night and. Um, no, in- I mean, I, I don't I, look. Sorry, we can't just brush this off. This is a potentially problematic thing because people trust you as someone who had a kind of moral compass so for you to kind of go well you know that's what it was like i mean that's that's i find that a little troubling could Mm. you put it in some more context well in this particular case uh, a particular offender all right because it could be one of the actual people that had bashed this police officer he was running away and my colleague and i we were shouting to this guy to stop and he wouldn't and my colleague chased after him and you're, you're allowed to use battens, but in a very specific way. You, you weren't allowed. There were lots of places on the body 
when we were taught how to use a baton that you weren't allowed to obviously you know head you know bones etc but you were allowed to sort of sort of come in from behind and what uh, my colleague did is that he he was sort of running alongside him but the guy clearly would, was not going to stop and they ran into a school and they were kind of this guy just he just kept running and then my colleague sort of used his baton on the back of his sort of legs and he basically just knocked him down but in, in a sort of a not a not a there was no injury it was under the circumstances 100 percent uh acceptable it was either that or crash tackle him i mean you are allowed to actually uh chase people and you know what however sort of get them down and then arrest them you with me you, you can't just say to someone oh stop stop and oh okay no yeah he's not stopping i'll just oh i'll just let him go that's not how it works. That is not policing. Policing is to chase an offender, and then, I mean, I don't want to. I, I don't like using the phrase "take them down" because that sounds pretty heavy. But the, you have to arrest them. You have to stop them. You have to immobilize them. You have to cuff them. You have to bring them back to the car. You then have to convey them if if they've done you know committed an offence, mm-hmm. and then you take them back to the police station, and then you. You, you process them. and But the version you know. you're describing is the kind of boilerplate, all right, you grab the suspect, you, you know, you kind of subdue them, uh, and then you... That's the by-the-book version, but you use Everything the phrase... Everything was... Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you use the phrase summary justice, and that seemed to imply to me that he kind of went in pretty hard, probably because he was all riled up because there was an officer that had been hurt. But also, I mean, if you don't know this is the person who did it, then enacting kind of your anger about an assaulted officer on just someone who ran, which is a reasonable response under the circumstances, by the way, then that seems like uh, excessive. And it seems like the kind of thing that I would want you to tell internal affairs about. So could you kind of just like, what, what do you mean when you say summary justice? Well, just the way he took him down. You um, said it was reasonable. You said he did it in the back, on the back of the legs and that was a reasonable thing. Definitely reasonable to, to stop the offender or yeah, the so, person. So I'm saying what, what happened next that made it internal affairs worthy? <clears throat> well, this guy made allegations. <clears throat> but as it turns out, the allegations were thrown out. But because you have what are called sort of, you know, vexatious allegations where people just hate police and God knows there are people like that out there. And then... you you go through the process and internal affairs then have to weigh up all the evidence and they found that he had acted reasonably that night but he'd sort of spared me the the drama so that if i had have gone to internal affairs i would have basically said everything that i've said to you now yes and explained it in but of, of course being almost 40 years ago you know that the i guess the it could have been slightly different in terms of my memory but I have a fairly clear memory of, uh, you know, what he did. But So why did you say summary justice? Well, perhaps that was perhaps a bit of an over overreaction because there was no sort of assault or anything like that. So, okay, so if you're giving the... Let, let's say I'm internal affairs, right? Myself and the listeners are internal affairs. And we say um, junior constable... Were you a junior constable at this point? Oh, yeah, very, very. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so junior constable Hoven, um How's it going, mate? Um, we're internal affairs. Listen, uh, could you please give us a uh, no, ju- just the facts? We want like a just the facts breakdown of, of what happened once your colleague reached the suspect. What would you say? Because you wouldn't do it in the way you're doing it for us. Because now you you can you're telling a story. If you're doing the police version, how cold and clinical is it? 
you literally say things like, he approached at a 45 degree angle, he struck once on the back mm. of the legs, the yeah. suspect went... So, okay, so could you give us that version? Well, I'd just say probably that we, you know, attended a certain incident, so there'd be a lot of detail around that. Yep. Then you'd say that um, my colleague, you know, asked or shouted out to the alleged offender, you know, person sort of running away, mm-hmm. you know, to stop, which he failed to do. My colleague ran up alongside him, had his baton in his, probably his right hand, um, and then used the baton at the back of his legs. Um, offender fell to the ground. Mm-hmm. Um partner then reached down cuffed him got him up conveyed him back to the police car um i I don't quite remember what happened after that i don't i don't recall but But what you're saying is there was no point where basically because he was mad he he laid no 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 no. this 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 police officer was he's you know bearing in mind that you know there were a lot of people around as well not saying that that's why but Mm. You know, police, um, generally speaking, police back in the 80s, um, well, you know, we, we do know in in the story in the book Loose Units, you know, I worked with some police that were, you know, pretty, uh, did all sorts of things that were, um, I mean, some of them just didn't care. They were just, um, but this guy's a really, really nice guy, like a really, you know, in fact, I'd even describe him as um, as gentle and decent. But, you know, you had to sort of be there on the night. That's that's one of the, not problems, but the thing about the judicial system as well is that police react a certain way in certain situations. And then, of course, when they go to court and they're sitting in a very clinical environment, almost austere, perhaps in front of a jury of 12, you know, the... It's very, very different to that environment to actually being there on the night all yeah. the day, and um, yeah, it's very, um, it's it's very difficult to sort of compare the two situations. You know what I mean? It's like it, they can ver- be very analytical in in a court of law, and it's it, you know, it's I guess it's probably the best system we've got. Um, but yeah, it was. Um, but anyway, it was very, very lovely of him to to reach out, and I I thought that was a a good story. So, would you say that it was dealt with in a reasonable way? Yeah, under the circumstances, definitely. Yeah. Okay. Okay. But I remember. Um, I mean, I had to go to Internal Affairs a few times. Really? Well, what about the time when my buddy later on? Oh, we'll come to that later. It's in the book. But you remember, um, Len Beta. I actually didn't know that you had to go to internal affairs regarding Len. I didn't mm. know that. Um, is it in the book or? No, the internal affairs part isn't. The thing that gets you to internal affairs, the thing that Len did that was deeply fucked mm. that is coming up soon cool. in this podcast. Cool, cool. That, yeah, that's not. Um... <laughs> Look, remember that's... that Remember that Christine worked for internal affairs, Paul. Yes. yes. And... Which, she, but which, by the way, mum is very reticent to talk about. She yeah, because it was totally about. ineffective. Right, okay. Internal affairs was a bit of a joke, um, but that's a whole thing. But I, I, I worked with a sergeant at North Sydney Police Station, mm-hmm. um, and every time, and I, I, I don't want it to sound as though he went to internal affairs regularly, Yeah. but 
if the New South Wales police force were out to get you, yeah. one of the ways they could totally ruin you was to basically just invent trumped-up charges by an anonymous member of the public. Yep. Submit a report that didn't. Yep. This person didn't even exist, and you would end up in internal affairs. And this particular sergeant, every time he went to internal affairs, he would sit on the floor in the office being interrogated with his back up against the wall. And the reason he did that is that he was paranoid about the police, the internal affairs, who are all detectives, might I add, and Mm -hmm. supposedly very, very good at what they do. He was always concerned they'd kick the chair from underneath him while he was sitting and he'd fall to the ground. Mm. So he always sat on the floor. I mean, is that not incredible? Yeah. And um, I think it was internal affairs in name only. And yes, I did go to internal affairs a few times. And of course, it's on your record forever. And, and you know, it's, it's, it's not a good place to go to. And, it's, and being a junior police officer, being interrogated by guys that are the equivalent of senior, say, homicide detectives, can you imagine? Mm-hmm. I, bet, I, guess, there's, I guess there's no way... For, no, that's right. I guess there's no way for people to know what you said when you were in there as well. So if they see you coming out of internal affairs, they can easily say, exactly. well, there's, there's every chance that he was kind of a snitch. When you, when yeah, oh, look, it's, it's just horrific. Yeah. And, um, and, you know, snitches get stitches. Well, we are going to talk about my, my, my buddy, but not when he was my buddy, when, later on when I was just a... In fact, it's a terrible story. And, that's, and yes, I did go. And we'll talk about that another time. Okay. All right. Well, that was a really, God, contentious... I mean, do you feel like... I mean, I hope I wasn't too hard on you. I just wanted to kind of... I wanted to make sure that you weren't kind of accidentally telling us a story about the time you saw an assault and didn't report it, basically. Um, and it sounds like that's not what that was. No, 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 no. Not in the slides. Just a technique that was used mm. uh, that night that, I mean, you know, I, I once, I mean, a few times I'd be chasing people. And in fact, once in a cemetery, I chased a guy on a motorbike mm. and I basically lunged, um, you know, lunged and basically took him out. And I was basically flying through the air and it was really it was horrendously dangerous what I did, but when the adrenaline's pumping, mm. you do things that are from from an, from sort of a from a very calm perspective. I in court, yeah. it, it could almost seem insane. But I thought, hang on a sec, I just can't get this guy. I ca- cannot catch him, and he was sort of in and out of all the tombstones. It was it was almost comical, um, but he'd done a break and enter, and I just basically thought I've got to do something. And when I took him off the bike, and it was it was pretty dangerous for both of us but then his motorbike then went off and crashed into a tombstone i mean it's a whole like you just don't know what's going to happen imagine if hang on have i heard this story before um I, maybe not <laughs> i don't can you just listeners please if, if we don't tell a story involving dad tackling a guy with a motorbike and a tombstone as kind of the ingredients in the story please Please tell us, because mm. shit, I didn't know that story. Um, no, I mean there mm. are stories from the vault that I still. That's fascinating, isn't it? How you, I, yeah. I, you've always felt, Paul, and always said to me, mm. um, almost dogmatically, that Dad, you've got more stories, and I continually say, no, not possible. And I sometimes, when I'm driving in the, I think, and I'm sort of almost desperate for another story. I'm thinking, I'm just. And then all of a sudden... Well, I think that's all the time we have for this week's episode of Loose Ends, but I really enjoyed it. That was... I mean, that went some... You're right, it went some places, you know. I mean, we talked about internal affairs. We talked about, you know, 
how to arrest someone and we talked about, I guess, dobbing on people as a kind of... Because at high school, yeah, any time someone was bullying me or assaulting me, which happened a, like a bit, uh, the, the threat was don't tell anyone. The threat was, you know, don't, like, don't fucking snitch. And I always thought, well, yeah, because if I tell people, you'll do it more. But then I should have probably doubled down and gone, yeah, but you're doing it anyway. So why, you know, it's it's so hard. And if you're in the police force, I guess it's a lot scarier because there are very few things scarier than bent cops. So, I mean, internal affairs seems like a thing that should exist and should be like psychotically effective and incredibly diligent. But because of the nature of power, I guess it's really mm. tricky. And also, yeah. yeah, and also there are there are groups within society um, that say, mm. um, why on earth would you have police investigating police? Um, In an external body, basically, is what you're saying. Yeah, but, it, but you know, mm. this is a very, very... It opens up a can of worms. Yeah. You need very, very experienced investigators. Mm-hmm. Um, that's why in my class of 171... One of the guys in my class, he was an ex-Vietnam helicopter pilot and he went on to become a helicopter pilot in the air wing, but he still had to go through everything that we did, right? as as was the case with forensics and as is not the case now. Where you go to university, you study forensics, then you can slot in and become a crime scene investigator, but you're not a police officer. Mm. Now, there are two schools of thought about that. Um, you know, it was on the job training when I was in the police force yep. because it helps you understand the organisation, how it works, but it also helps you understand um, how, although this is going to sound a bit, I guess, I don't think I could back this up um, with evidence, empirical evidence, but the thing is, you know, who who makes the better investigator? Someone that's been on the street mm-hmm. in amongst the you know, the grubby world of... I mean, imagine undercover police. Imagine what that's like. Yeah. You kind of go deep cover and you kind of, you know, you become sort of a part of that world. I mean, and then you you are extricated from that world and then you go to court and you're sitting there in your, your suit and you're, it's kind of you're, you've taken on another persona and, look, it gets very, very tricky. Yeah. Um, and I, I understand Wherever you've got extreme emotion, it's 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 tough. And, yeah. Um, yeah. And look, it's very it's very fraught, and mm. obviously, it's you know, I mean, it's probably worth us having like a more in depth discussion about this stuff later on. But we are gearing up for some, I mean, some big, big, big chapters coming up, Dad. I would say all the really heavy hitting stories are coming up over the coming months. So we're going to kind of get together this weekend in person, which is going to be great. Uh, you and Mum are coming to stay in Melbourne, which is exciting. And we will probably record an episode in person on Monday. So Monday's episode of Loose Units proper will be an actual in-person record, which is really exciting. And we will see you next week for more Loose Units. Have a great weekend, everyone, and we'll see you soon. Bye. Cheerio. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.
Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.